Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest loading dock movie of all time, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed Die Hard. I'm Mike Curlich of Return to Oz Minute. I'm Tierney Steele of Return to Oz Minute and the NeverEnding Minute. And I'm Thomas Howitz from the NeverEnding Minute. How's yeah. it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This is so much fun today. It's it's like a reunion, Tierney. We haven't gotten to talk in a couple of weeks, and, and now we have a chance to do so again. Mike, I guess you're here too, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey! <laughs> both my co-hosts are here, which is always very confusing for me, and I'm so glad that Mike starts these ones off, so I couldn't do the wrong show like my, my, my notes just say to look for lots of neck <laughs> so i i don't know if i'm on the right show <laughs> uh oh, okay no. Oh, no. no no that's the other show that's the other one <laughs> i mean more neck than i thought there was <laughs> is that a macho thing we could tie this in <laughs> um so we're all here today to talk about minute 72 it starts with Cops dramatically getting into position outside the building. We're following up from yesterday. SWAT team's approaching. It ends with the four SWAT team members that run up to the door radioing. We're all set. After Theo reads us a poem. <laughs> I, this, is, this is a very uh, literary minute, guys. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we know how much we like reading in this mo- in this uh, genre, so it's, it's nice that we get a chance to have a minute with some po- real poetry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's orating, but the, the right. point is still there. <laughs> so you guys realize this is like our one, two, three, four, fourth recording together. Because <laughs> we did Return to Oz yeah. together. We did one episode or two episodes yeah. of Never Ending Minute together. And now we have this. Ta-da! It's a good time. And these are great I'm minutes. Excited. We get some oh. awesome stuff going on. You are here for one of my favorite weeks. So two of my favorite jokes are in this week. And one <laughs> okay. of them is in this minute. And I, I shouldn't say favorite joke because I don't even really remember what the setup is. And I think what made me laugh so much is that there really isn't is Argyle with the bear. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this, that just killed me. Like I was laughing so <laughs> hard. I didn't hear even what was going on right after that. And I don't know why. There's something about a grown man looking at a bear in a rearview mirror and telling it to shut up. That just that's my level of sophisticated humor, folks. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think it's great that Argyle takes this sign above him so very seriously. So the sign literally says stop, exit Olympic Boulevard, and go this way a little bit. And that's exactly what he does. He stops and then he goes that way just a little bit. <laughs> He does not exit onto Olympic Boulevard. Our guy but that's is only because he can't. Wrapped in this garage, he's very frustrated. It's not. Fu- it's just one of those things that it comes out of nowhere. And again, when I was first watching this movie, I don't think I knew how much comedy was in it. I'm pretty sure I just knew. Oh, it's an action movie. And I like how he's just like, screw it. I'm turning the car off right here. I'm going to park right in the middle of the road. This I don't is where I live now. Yep, this is First my spot. day as a limo driver. And... Um. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. stuck what underneath. other clients lined up? Nakatomi Plaza. He was supposed to go back to the airport, <laughs> giant. pick up the next round. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he's not doing any of that. I think his yeah. plan, though, was to kind of chill during this. That's why he said, uh, told John that he was going to wave around for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think he, I think he was free the rest of the evening. Or he had been booked for X amount of time. So it's just kind of like, hey, I, I use it driving <laughs> you around. I use it waiting for you. Doesn't matter to me. But, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I'm guessing this is his last job of the day, but he's still very frustrated. I feel bad. And, yeah, it made me laugh really hard the first time I saw it. And subsequently. Um, but we also get... A great minute from Theo, who starts out, first of all, I love his little humming. I couldn't make out what he was humming, though. I couldn't either. I know earlier he's like, someone is humming or whistling Ode to Joy, because it got mentioned on a previous episode. Maybe that's still just stuck in his head. I wasn't listening close enough to find out, though. I I don't think it was. I tried to listen and be like, ooh, maybe it's, oh, I don't hear it, so... And usually if you're listening for something, you'll pick it up. But right. He's just random humming as he types, which I can relate to. <laughs> so I've got questions. I don't know if any of you have any uh, police or military background. But, all right, so I understand the premise. The lights are there to blind the people in yep. the building so they can't see what's going on, right? Nobody's Probably blinded by this. Place. John's not blinded by it on whatever floor he's on. He can see him coming in. Uh, Theo can see him <laughs> via the camera. <laughs> Everybody can see well, these guys coming in. Those lights are serving no purpose whatsoever. We don't know where the camera's angled from, to be fair. Yeah, like, but it should be at least... they just got lucky. <laughs> it should be at least blinding John. Because he's in the yeah. building looking visually down. And he's higher up than they are, but... Not by that much, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he's only like two floors above him at the very most. So those lights are doing no good whatsoever. They are not fulfilling their purpose. They are providing some good lighting for John, though. He's lit up rather well, and you get the nice reflection in the glass because Mm -hmm. he's lit so well. (laughs) But that's about the only thing they're doing. Yeah, and it's, um, it's weird because I would have assumed that they serve the dual purpose of... They're blinding the people inside when they try and look out at what you guys are doing. And then if there's movement in that building, you're going to see it because everything is so washed out. Like, it's so bright on the building that if someone's against the window, you're going to see it. Yeah. But the only person who's doing that is John McClane. And they're not, like, shooting at, like, look, a body, get it. Right. I don't know. Again, I am... Not a cop. That should be blatantly obvious to anyone so, <laughs> who's listened to my minutes. My favorite is when I use the phrase prepare the gun instead of cock the gun because I wasn't sure if it was the right word. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, technically that is what happened. The gun was prepared for firing. So in my defense, it wasn't wrong. Oh, my. But it really showed the level of uh, military expertise we're dealing with here. <laughs> And, Mike, I don't think you have very much more experience. I mean, watching Star Wars and Star Trek a lot did not prepare us as kids to talk no, about all of my AK-47 all of my firearm experience comes from uh, either GoldenEye or Counter-Strike, which I'm pretty sure are not the most accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, in listening to 
Jim and Hal talked that they got into some some video game comparisons with the uh, the weapons that they were using in here. And I think they actual, called out Goldeneye specifically. <laughs> some people have actual weaponry information. And I'm just like, I was a kid of the Cold War, and yet this still is just gibberish to me of big gun. <laughs> Smaller gun. So Rocket the next thing it. I... Wait, the, save it. <laughs> the next thing I noticed is that uh, apparently for the bad guys, it's snack time. Um, oh. I don't think we're going to get nap time, but we do get snack time at least. You missed the greatest beginning of snack time. Stealing time. <laughs> but yeah, Uli is chowing down on that crunch bar. My my spirit terrorist in this movie, apparently. <laughs> and what about Theo, like, gouging that gum with his face? I don't even know if he can call that chewing. <clears throat> He's destroying that gum. He's very enthusiastic. Now, he does in his poem say, you know, the we have four SWAT guys approaching, and he says, standard formation, two-by-two two covering pattern, which makes sense. Again, child of the Cold War. I've seen enough I, Tom Clancy movies. So I have a note right, about that. They go. <laughs> Except they don't seem to be going two-by-two two in a covering pattern, but... No, no, I looked this I looked this up, and oh. I looked up what exactly uh, a cover cover two-by-two two is, <laughs> okay. and this is not cover two-by-two. Two. Okay! Cover two I by mean, two is where you have a group of at least four people. The two guys in front go while the t- two guys in back stay behind and cover them with weapons. And then when they get to the location, they cover while the other two run in. This is not a two by two cover situation. <laughs> this is a four by four all run at it, all run at the same time <laughs> situation. That sounds familiar. This is yeah. This is just a, a going on a run. Yes, going on a, <laughs> a, a midnight job. So, so my note know. on that that moment was: Does Theo do this all the time for them? Like, is he like is this part of his routine job on their other missions? I don't know if there are other missions. I don't know. My guess is he was like he had to have some military <laughs> background or something. Or maybe he didn't. That's why he gets this wrong. <laughs> He's seen too many movies, and he's trying to talk like the movies do. And so behind his little screen there, he's trying to come up and sound cool in front of Hans and and all these other people. So, Oh, man. Because he is doing the – like, he's watching the camera, so it makes sense that he would be the one to say, hey, guys, here's what's coming, and he's got to tell them what to expect so that they're ready. But I like the idea that he just gets so, it so wrong because Theo is the to American in his poem. <laughs> who's watching. Sorry, doesn't fit. So sorry. So Theo is the American who's watched too many movies. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. That's why Hans oh, used that particular insult because he knows. He's like, yeah, I've got Theo already. Oh, You're just another God. one of these <laughs> people who thinks they're a hero. Yep. Now, speaking of too many movies, I know I've seen too many movies because the guy with his back against the wall in this scene, just the way they shot him and the way he's lit, looks exactly like Mel Gibson. Really? At second 50, he looks like Mel Gibson from, like, Lethal Weapon. Have to go look at that because (laughs) that guy gets compared to people. A lot of other people I know. Yeah. But in this in this way, oh the way God. this is shot, yes. 
Yes. He looks like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. Yes, but with the big hair. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I could see it. I mean, it's not people who go to Second 50 and are disappointed in us. It's not Mel Gibson. But if you go to Second 50 thinking, does he look like Mel Gibson? You'll see it. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we can add that to his <laughs> list <laughs> of celebrity lookalikes. Yeah, this is the one who in my notes was dirty hairy baddie uh, because <laughs> I did not bother to learn anyone's names until I started actually getting my notes ready to talk about this on a podcast. Um, and yeah, for when he's like running with his gun in a suit, I was like, oh, I have only one reference point for this. <laughs> so even Hans Gruber is not blinded by these lights. He looks out the window as well. But can he really? He looks a little bit more... Yeah, but it, if they were like that checking. bright, if they were that bright and in his face, he would be like squinting or something. Okay, yeah, because I mean, it does look like they are angled lower than John McClane, which is a bad idea. Again, he's only like two floors up from them, but I can understand that the way he's lit, that light is underneath. Yeah. Okay, fine, that's shoddy lighting work on the policeman's part but okay fine and, and then, now i'm trying to look at the where is the hans shot where he's 53 like, 52 53 okay um yeah the guy on the top of the roof totally fine <laughs> um yeah you're right he is able to look down now i don't understand how he's seeing anything because that light is so bright on his face same way john is apparently they have uh <laughs> they have Tinted eyeballs or something. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe the police have actually set up these lights perfectly and we are just discounting movie magic. Well, we don't have the excuse of regular magic in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so if you want to edit this out, I understand. But every time I see Theo, all I think is <laughs> because he's right on his <laughs> microphone <laughs> chewing that food. <laughs> And we all know as podcasters what a horrible sin that is. So it oh, it gets me every time I see it. <laughs> and I'm the editor, so I know how horrible it is. I I love Theo. He's my favorite bad guy. I mean, other than Hans, I mean, Hans Gruber is Hans Gruber. Okay, fine. But yeah, he's just so great. He's so much fun. He's the tech guy, but he's also the sarcastic guy. Like, that's just right in my wheelhouse. I don't know. Does anyone, like, who else would be your favorite bad guy? Like, is anyone rooting Bro. for Carl? Come on. No, not so much. It's just Hans <laughs> and Theo, right? <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that got the big personality spikes in this. So, I mean, they were supposed to stand out. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that I knew their names before I looked them up. Well, we got a little character development for Uli last minute. He's hungry. <laughs> and has few moral qualms about stealing candy. I mean, would you honestly, would you have any problem with that? If you were that bad guy in that situation, what what are you going to do? You, you have, no one's going to like arrest you because you took the candy bar. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's great because he thinks about it before he does it. He, like, has a little moral debate with himself well, and then I mean, decides to go He might be fine ahead. stealing from yeah. Nakatomi Corporation, but maybe this is an Andy Dwyer situation. It's an independent businessman, sets up a little shop, 
you know, he's just trying to get by. You know, maybe he slips him a couple bucks in there. I, uh, I'm going to take a chance that the person who runs the candy stand in my big corporate building doesn't listen to these Movies by Minutes podcasts. (laughs) She's so mean! It's a cash-only store, and if you have a 20, she, like, yells at you. And I'm like, what do you think is that, like, we all go to the ATM and then buy a candy bar to break it. But she gets really annoyed if you don't have the right change. And I tried to set up a newspaper delivery once, and she acted like that was the first she'd ever heard of it. I'm like, you do this for other people. That's how I knew that I could come and ask here. Like, I... I would not have come up with this plan on my own. I was following an already established procedure. But yeah, I I never go there unless I can help it. It's just not worth the, like, risk of being, you know, like, yelled at for trying to buy gum. (laughs) Oh, come on. We know how, we know all, we all know how much of an antagonist you are, Tierney. (laughs) Yeah, I'm such an aggressive person. You can really tell. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of notorious, actually. And it's really fun when it's like a super high up partner who's like, oh, she's really mean. I'm like, you make so much money, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're getting yelled at by the candy. Everyone's candy. equal at the candy stop. Right. <laughs> right. She has all the power. <laughs> she really does. Yeah. I'm going to find out now if she likes podcasts or not. <laughs> Yeah, next time you get there, it should be like, no gum for you. Yeah, you're never allowed to shop here again. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe that's why I loved the last minute so much. Just because I was like, <laughs> Payback that's summer. a dream. <laughs> oh, goodness. And he has my favorite candy bar of our options. He's really enjoying that crunch bar. Um, my only other note for this minute was about John McClane shouting, no, you macho <laughs> word we can't say on this podcast. Um, just the way he says it, he's so frustrated. I think he even like slams his fist into the glass at one yeah, point. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he just feels so bad because it's just like, does he, is he not in contact with them at any, anymore with the walkie talkie? I don't remember, honestly. I haven't watched the full set of movie in about yeah. a month, so. It's not, I don't remember anything happening to the walkie, but maybe I'm wrong, and I just, you know, I'm I'm caught up on Die Hard, but maybe I'm missing a minute, and soon all my questions will be answered, but I was like, can't you just be like, don't, don't do Well, that. since uh, the principal <laughs> arrived, I mean, John's kind of, He's kind of on the outs with with the police. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if he was saying it into the walkie-talkie, <laughs> I don't think Dwayne would listen to him. But maybe it would help him feel a little more proactive and less frustrated in the situation. But they they make it to the door. They're ready. Yeah, they make it. And <clears throat> that's about where the the end of the minute comes in and I, I have stuff. I have stuff for the next minute. I really do. Oh, oh, I got stuff. <laughs> but that's a, oh, wait, I'm sorry. oh no. Long, long show. <laughs> I mean, it is another minute. I, I've got one more it's note for this minute. It'll be tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> of complete uh, randomness, right, but it popped into my head. Like I, I've seen this before. I don't know why. So the at like I don't know second two. Let's see. At second near the beginning, 
No, I guess it's in the, the guy garage. Looks like like, he's firing okay, at the so sky. about about second eight, there's a, a sign for the loading dock with a, oh, okay. an arrow facing to the left. Uh, if we're viewing the film, I, I, maybe it's going right. If you're in right. the garage, I don't know. Um, so that that also appears in Jurassic Park when uh, Dennis Nedry shows up uh, dr- trying to drive to his his meeting at the dock. The east dock uh, arrow is right. also facing left. Which, you know, maybe Spielberg's just hadn't had uh, some inspiration here, and it was like, docks are to the left. <laughs> That's a tough pull, Mike. I'm just saying. You're connecting dots over three different sheets I've got sheets my yarn, and it's, it's going wrong. from dot to dot, and everything is coming together. <laughs> right. <laughs> The movies by minutes wall is, is slowly becoming complete. It's all connected. Oh, boy. It is. I mean, haven't we figured out how to tie every movie together so far? <laughs> yes, it's all in the never-ending story. Bum, bum, <laughs> bum. Hey, you said there was no magic in this one. True. All right. Um, so that's minute 72. It's honestly a lot of setup and then a Twas the Night Before Christmas recitation. Yep. That's that's what happens in this minute. Yeah. So with I, an ending that does not rhyme at all. <laughs> no. And he's makes so no proud sense of regardless. Listen to the tone of voice he's using. It's really cute. <laughs> so um, leave leave it to Tyrion to find something really cute in Die Hard. <laughs> Look, I have no no regrets. No regrets. Um. Oh, wait for this tra- segue. If you want to hear me talking about cute things, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how that'll work for the podcast that I just started doing pre-production on, uh, because as much as I love the movie MASH, not a lot of cute things happen in it. Uh, that's not what Robert Altman was going for. But there is a lot of adorableness in many side characters in both the movies Return to Oz and The Neverending Story. And I kind of want to make you guys, like, fight over who gets to plug first. But yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose we should let our guests go first, huh, Mike? Okay. All right. All so, right, Thomas, guys, so where can people find you? <laughs> if you're looking for me, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at the Wiki Lives. If you want to listen to me talk about other stuff and other movies, check out the Never Ending Minute podcast. I do have some upcoming projects um, coming up probably soonest is the X-Menace project where we're going to analyze the X-Men movies one chapter at a time from the DVDs uh, because there's a lot of movies to go through and we really want to get to them all. So (laughs) we kind of decided to speed that up a little bit. And this is only the second time I've announced this on air, but I'm also going to be doing Fantasy 80s Movies Minute um, where we're going to discuss multiple movies from the 80s that are pretty fantasy driven. Not I'm talking deep cut fantasy, like high fantasy. We're talking legend. We're talking crawl. We're talking last unicorn, dark crystal, stuff like that. So keep an eye out for those two. If you want to hear me talk about some other stuff and it's your guys's turn now. I should say, hopefully there will be a link to return to Oz minute <laughs> for those who want to go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Mike put together 
an amazing website and podcast and that was kind enough to let me come on and just talk about how much I loved that movie growing up. <laughs> Not as much as you did, you know, as, but as we as we know now, you know, people love chickens. Everyone, make a movie with a with a sarcastic chicken. There's a following. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. chicken should be sassy for, you know, to clarify. <laughs> Kubo of the Two Strings had it right. You always put a chicken yeah. in the story. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for that, you can go to returntoozminute.com. That has all our episodes and links and everything you can need. That's the home, the mothership. Sorry, <laughs> I blanked on words. I'm a bad podcaster. Um, and then if you are looking for more of this website or of this podcast. Oh my goodness. Brain is not working. Okay. The big site for this podcast is dieHardMinute.com, but you can also find them on Twitter at DieHardMinute or on Facebook. There is the group Die Hard with a podcast listeners limo. And if you'd like to catch up on other Movies by Minutes podcasts, or if you forget what we've just said about how to find ours, you can visit MoviesByMinutes.com for more information. And you should come back tomorrow. We'll do the same outro because I have it written out, even though I apparently can't read my own notes. Uh, But we're going to talk about Minute 73, which includes this SWAT assault on Nakatomi Tower. And it just makes me so happy because it features one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. Argyle with the bear made me laugh, but I think this might be my favorite bit of the whole thing. So back tomorrow for minute 73. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5. <laughs>